Favorite day of the week. It's Thursday. That means it's time for Two Planners in the Podcast. I'm Sean Gray. I'm Jen Hardiman. Jennifer, how the hell is anybody still advertising in the Not Wedding Wire? This is a really good question, Sean, and this is going to be a spicy, spicy episode. I don't know. (laughs) It needs to be. And it would have been a spicy episode prior to all the recent press, but I don't know if people have in the, in the general world have seen all the recent press about um, Wedding Wire and the Knot and Forbes and there's Facebook groups and the New York Post and there's whistleblowers and there's all these things out there. So it's a very timely topic for us to talk about today. Um, and in an age where we um, rely so much on algorithms, analytics, mm-hmm. web traffic, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. If you're not up to speed on all of the negative press that how would you classify all of the negative press around the two largest big box wedding resources in the U.S.? Which, if I people would... don't know, is all owned by the same company. They are not two separate entities anymore, which point. is also something for people to remember. This is one entity that controls the two biggest websites. Yes. At the time of this podcast recording, they are yes. both one yes. entity. At, this, at one entity at this time. Who knows what's going to happen going forward? But just in a quick nut, nutshell, um, a lot of, uh, no, I won't say a lot, that's a mischaracterization. There are whistleblowers who have come forward and have mm-hmm. basically alleged that they knowingly manipulated data to make <laughs> their product more attractive to smaller advertisers Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. as the larger players who you Mm -hmm. know do a lot of the banner ads and the partnerships and things like that have you i mean i i will admit in the beginning i took the bait and i had an ad on one of them for a while i had a paid for an upgraded placement and such we did all the reviews to get all the 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 awards which were really just popularity contests where you we're just pulling we're just pulling you know the cover off of everything it's like the wizard of oz today we're the showing the behind the curtain but those awards are just basically if you get a certain number of people to write you a review there's no other criteria on that um so yeah i i i i i did it for a while um and i felt like in the beginning that was important for exposure but it's also so expensive in the and, and in the beginning you don't have the money so it's like this it's this cycle that people get on and, and the pricing and the promises and all of this, according to these whistleblowers, may have been um, allegedly, according to the whistleblowers, because I don't want us to get in trouble, false promises um, and manipulation of data. And, you know, when you've put hard earned money, when you're starting a business and you're putting your money into that, and then to read this after the fact and say, holy crap, my money was spent during these years and this is what was going on. If that doesn't slap you in the face, like, I I don't know what can. Depending on your discipline and market, I don't know if people understand the kind of money we're talking about. It can be anywhere from $400 to $3,000 a month to have Mm -hmm. these higher placements, these full pages, you know, back in the physical book days, Uh, that's a lot of money for, as you said, these new businesses who, if you're anything like me, you didn't, you didn't start with a lot of operating capital. No, I started in like a desk and a computer and 
and a dream, right? And the other thing <laughs> is when you've got, when you have a market that's big like yours and mine, you could pay for premium placement, but premium placement could be five, the first five pages because so many people have paid for that. So, I mean, I could pay for premium placement as a wedding planner in South Florida, and I could still be on the third or fourth page because so many people have paid for that. So how does that help me unless I'm willing to spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month to be spotlighted on the front page? I can think of more effective ways to spend my marketing dollars like we talked about in the luxury episode, like we've talked about with social media and targeted ads and things like that. But I mean, tell me how you, I mean, I think you feel the same way. Did you ever have an ad on a big box? I did. Um, I did. I, I was, um, I was never spotlight, but I was, I was featured, which is right mm -hmm. under the top two or three listings that are spotlit. And then um, I had a full page in the not Texas when they were around mm. Yeah. And I really think that maybe, and I'll go a little easy. I think back then, I think eight, nine, 10, 12 years ago, it was more streamlined into how customers found us. Like, I would agree with that. You got engaged, your mom or your auntie threw a knot magazine in your face, and yep. you immediately went to weddingwire.com and like started doing all that. Oh my gosh, right. that's like a venue. And that was when social media for weddings and, and, and all of that was sort of, like I said, there was no Instagram when I started and that was 13 years ago. So all of that was in its infancy. And that was sort of, everybody went to the knot. You got not the knot that you went a knot magazine, you got a bride's magazine, you know, and you sat there and you cut out pages and you put, you had a notebook and you filled your pages with your notebook of all the things that, today's couple screenshots and shares with us. So, you know, well, it has changed. And, and I should have probably been more dialed into this back then. And I might have made the pivot sooner is like when they find you in that route, you're immediately with 50 of your colleagues. Like it's Correct. never a standalone discovery where you mm -hmm. were on your own and, and right. got introduced to the couple. And so that in and of itself allows for people to, I don't want to say race to the bottom, but race to the bottom. Like when mm -hmm. you're in there with 50 of the people who do similar things than you do, it's mm -hmm. the easiest way to differentiate yourself by being the most attractively priced. Mm -hmm. And then you become, then it becomes this cycle of you're the most attractively priced, but you're putting out all of these dollars every month. And then where's your profit margin on that? Where's your return on investment in that? Because let's talk about the leads for a second. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. everybody has different views on the leads and everybody will tell you, am I, my sales rep used to tell me things, well, you got to put work into your dashboard. If you put more work into your dashboard, then you'll get the better leads. So I would put the work into my dashboard and do the things. The better leads, I think I booked in all of, all of the years, I think I've booked two weddings off the map. And that was many years ago. And people are telling me, and I think they tell you, oh, I get 50, 50 leads a month. What do you say to people like that? How many of them are actual human beings? And how many of them actually convert and can afford you once you get through all of the vetting process or actually respond to your email or to you, 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 oh, I want to talk to you about my wedding, blah, blah, blah. You respond and then they ghost you because they're not real people or they're not serious. 
Or you immediately, you want to keep your responds quickly banner mm-hmm. on your profile. So you respond right away. They don't get back to you. They, they emailed you and five other people. The last one that emailed them four or five days after the inquiry had a sale going on and they mm-hmm. booked the person who was lower priced. And then I get kind of angry because I'm like, but they made you wait four or five days. So if that's the experience you want mm-hmm. planning your wedding, then I was never going to be the planner for you. Well, and okay, so let's talk about that. Let's also talk about, and we're gonna just going to be fired up today. Let's talk about the kind of articles that they put on their websites that contradict being a vendor. That never made sense to me. Like, so let's talk about that. So, right. So I can go on any, a lot of these, a lot of these sort of big box retailers. And I know you have a relationship with one and I have a relationship with one. Neither one of them is the one that we're talking about right now. But so, but the article is why you don't need a wedding planner and can do everything on your own or why to hire your friend as a DJ and use a Spotify list. But then I'm the DJ advertising and you're telling people not to hire me and to use a Spotify list. How do you make that work in your head? Make it make sense to me, Sean. And before the world of AI and chat GPT, they were paying real writers to write those stories. Where do you think they were getting the money from? The the DJ advertisers who then would wake up the next day and see a story about 10 ways to make Spotify playlist your next DJ. How does that? I don't understand it. Anyone at that point. You can't be all things to all people. You can't. And I think what happened too is when the companies merged, um, each one lost their identity. Each one, it became such a huge behemoth of an organization that the right and left hand have no idea what they're doing. That do basically the same thing. Let's just be honest. There's no differentiator. Now, back then, I would say Wedding Wire was more of like the tech future. Right. That's what I used to think. Yeah. Yeah. But now there's nothing. I, you know, they're owned by the same company, all the things. And then I just, I can't, I can't. I can't work with the whole, you know, 10 ways to save on your flowers. And then I'm a luxury florist or a florist in general trying to sell, you know, my floral services. And they're telling me to go to, to, um, you know, Publix or the grocery store and use the flowers to save money or to use silks or to use wood or whatever. And, and all of those have a place. But what I'm saying is there's a contradiction there. And how, is, how can I rec- reconcile that in my brain if I'm going to give you hundreds of dollars a month and you're telling people in your articles the exact reasons not to use me. And for a wedding planner specifically, like you're a wedding planner, I'm a wedding planner. Yeah. We, we charge above average for yep. our services. Yep. You, every, every ad that those two resources put out that I see online drives couples to what they call a free wedding planner app. Mm-hmm. Yep. What the hell do they need to spend money with us for if you're going to give them a free? Now I know that it's we nothing know. like, yeah, right. but, right. but if you just got engaged yesterday, you're like, Oh cool. I don't have to do a wedding planner. Cause wedding pro is going to do it for me for free. Right. See, and that's the contradiction. And, and, um, you know, I, 
being in the wedding organization I'm in, as the director of education, I run across, you know, people in sales for, you know, these big box people all the time. And I like them as there's, there are people that I like mm -hmm. as people. Mm -hmm. They are nice people. They are great people. This is their job. I get it. And, you know, everybody has to make a living, but I will point blank say, explain this to me. And nobody has a good answer. Nope. Nobody has a good answer. And until it can be explained, I can't in my good conscience spend my marketing dollars there. I will tell you that I have the lowest level package on another website that caters to people only in my affordability range. And to me, that works, right? For me, I can spend less than, less than I would elsewhere for the package I have. I get exposure. I get tagged in other people, other, all the vendors that we work with, we, we're all tagged in each other's events. We, you know, there's huge networking and parties involved, um, which again is part of the business. There's, um, I have a personal rep who I actually trust and can ask questions and like we've become sort of friendly. Again, I'm still at the lowest level of their price point that I can justify spending every month, but the whole platform is based on people that are gonna spend X amount of dollars and that works for me. Um, I know you're involved with another platform and you highly recommend them and tell us why that platform works for you. I like, I like that platform because I feel like um, since 2020, when all of this gets jumbled and doesn't make a whole lot of sense, that platform invests resources into the content they put out, their social mm -hmm. media strategy that mm -hmm. really frames the pain points of a couple in a way that doesn't always, every time they put something out, trash a discipline in the wedding planning. See, and, there, and those two things that we just talked about for our two specific markets for this type of levels we serve weddings we service are pivotal right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because those two platforms are national that we're talking about they're growing right mm -hmm. they have taken sort of i think what's been learned elsewhere and said we're not going to trash our vendors and we're going to only reach out to people that are at this certain level and work on these types of weddings we're not going to try to be all things to all people well, the other thing too is I think both of those platforms and we might of the positive ones that we are with, mm -hmm. we might have little things that we, you know, gosh, I wish they did this better or whatever. Right. Right. But by and large with those two specifically, it feels like if you're a good business partner with them, they'll be one. Right. For you. I would agree. I would agree with that in ways that I never saw the other two that we're speaking negatively about do. Well, I feel like there's a churn and burn on the other two, whereas at the, the platform I'm on now, I've had my same sales rep for multiple years now. Like, and when she comes into town, like, you know, she's at our events and she'll schedule when she comes into town based on our other association events and all the other things. And it's, it actually feels like a partnership. Whereas before I would just get a random call. Oh, I'm your new person. Oh, I'm your new person. Oh, I'm your new person. And how do you build a rapport when something like that's going on? Or, or trust. Know, they, they, what they used to do here is they would like throw a cocktail party together or go mm -hmm. look at a venue to introduce the new person. And mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. well, you're not, you're not showing me any features or telling me what's new and exciting coming down the pike. You're getting all of us in a room just to introduce Lucy, who's going to be gone in three months anyway. 
And you know what's now, interesting? Let me let yeah. me caveat because the knot did have a really great person, and I she might still work there. I don't know since I'm not an advertiser, but she was phenomenal here in the Houston area and had has been here forever. I'm talking about our friends over at Wedding Wire back in the day. Well, and I'm not going to, I'm going to sound hypocritical for a second. I just went to a huge party for the knot in Miami um, in May. And I will, and everybody who's everybody from Palm Beach to Miami was there. I can tell you probably 60% of the people that were there were not advertisers. Mm -hmm. They were invite, we were invited to maybe become advertisers again, or you stopped advertising and we become the advertiser again. And those, a bunch of us went, oh, I'm going to see my friends tonight. And that's why we went. And I wanted to see, I personally wanted to see the venue. It wasn't a venue I'd worked at before. I know. When they do that, they're using us to give them credibility. Very excellent point. They want us in that room. Mm -hmm. And of course. We don't wear a big old sign that says not advertiser. And of course we put it all all over social media. Oh, I saw so-and-so at the knot party the other night. And that gives me legitimacy for being at the knot party. But like, and I I did it. I mean, I went and I went with a couple of people and we drove together and it was fine. And it's still not going to convert me to advertising, you know, and maybe I won't go to the next party because that is kind of hypocritical, but I don't know, you know. If they're going to give it to you for free, go drink on their dime. It's the least yeah. they could do for all the years that they, you know, didn't have our best interests. But what I will say is, if you're listening to this and you're new in the industry or you're frustrated, do not throw money into advertising on a platform. This was going to be my next segue is what are what are concrete ideas we can give people who are listening who maybe don't have the marketing dollars to be on a platform? Or, you know, on the platform I am, I am on, you, there is a free listing option. You can at least start with a free listing option on my platform and I think on yours as well. At least at least put your name in there. But what are the things do you recommend that people do to sort of to get out there and get their name known? I don't talk about it a lot. And I'm now referred to regularly as like the TikTok guy. However... <laughs> I was super gorilla when I first started. So my, my recommendations would be go to your craft and supply store, craft and party supply stores that have wedding departments or wedding aisles mm-hmm. and shop in them and listen for people who are also in the aisle shopping as a customer and then create a skit on your phone mm-hmm. as if you're like talking to your office, scouring something for one of your clients, just <laughs> to spark a conversation with the people that are working in your aisle are working, um, shopping in your aisle that you're in. Which goes back to me saying, go sit in a bar in the restaurant that of the luxury restaurant where you want to be listen for conversations. And when somebody says, Oh, I just got back from Italy. You go, Oh, I was in Italy too. And that was amazing. Next thing you know, oh, what do you do? What do you do? And it's gorilla in a different in a different way, right? Yep. It's it's all the same concept. And don't laugh at me, but I signed my first wedding that I ever did, and it was a country club wedding. You know where I you know where I found them? The or you know where they found line. me? Grocery store line, I'm guessing. Worse. Craigslist. Oh dear. Oh, we can't even talk about Craigslist. Wow. Yeah. That's We can't even talk about that one. But yeah, I mean, things that I think people, what you just said, 
are true, but let's talk social media for a second, which will be a whole episode, but in itself, what are some easy social I know that'll be our next episode. Maybe, but, and even you've pushed me farther in my social media world than I've been before, especially in short form video. But the first thing I feel like, first you have to understand who your market is, right? Who are you trying to attract with all of this advertising? And when you're on this, the not our wedding wire, you, there's no effective filter process, I think is yeah. sort of the thing. So you craft, when you are in charge of your advertising, whether it's through your social media, whether it's through your website, whether it's through all of these things, you are controlling the narrative that way. So someone can look at my website usually in the first five minutes and know whether we're going to be a fit or not. Maybe in the first 30 seconds, right? Five minutes is an eternity to be on a website um, to know if we're, if we're going to be a fit or not. And most people are coming to us through three places in my world. Instagram. And they're not going to tell me they can't found me through Instagram, but they're going to say when they start sending me all of their um, inspo photos, half of them come from our Instagram, right? So I know they've been stalking us for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they come from our website, rarely, and a huge, huge amount is referrals. It's really, really building those relationships. And you may not have the right wedding for the right for some new vendor that you've just met at the right time. But you're going to remember, oh, the last time I talked to them, they were so cool. And I was hoping that I would have a wedding to, to work with them on. And then when you re- reach out and you say, hey, I finally have that wedding. It, you know, it, it builds all of that. And let's not forget TikTok, Sean's favorite. Of course, but like, that's a given. But you said Instagram and I'm, I'm still giving it to people that like, I get it. The Instagram is going to be a, a tough drug for the weddings industry to put down, but. Mm-hmm. Well, we only post three days a week. I mean, but that's what I was gonna say. And and this go, we're gonna need a whole episode. I won't. We are. I promise. We're. I promise you, we're gonna do a whole. Yeah. Social media short form video episode. But to go back to your point about um, where they where they find you and how they get to you. When I um, another thing I did when I first started before I got to the full page ad and the features mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I sent out introductory welcome to the market packets to 25, and I've probably told you the story before, 25 vendors that I, in through my market analysis, said, oh, I would align with them. I want to mm-hmm. work with them. Mm-hmm. Out of those 25, there was only one that responded and invited me to come tour their showroom. And it was a florist that I still use today, but I didn't get to bring them a client that I felt would match the level of Mm -hmm. work that they do until two years after I got started. But I never forgot that they were the ones that, that extended that branch to me. That personal connection, I don't think people put enough value on that in the today's tech world. We can all, I mean, I could have the most beautiful Instagram page in the world. But if I don't have the ability to carry on a conversation and form a connection with you as a wedding pro and as a couple, it's not happening. So spend some time on that too. Or you could have the most prettiest Instagram, which you do, but you could be a complete bitch to talk to, which you're not. And then like people would never know that until it's too late. Right. That, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, but all I'm saying is what I'm, one of the things I want people to understand is because this is really about where to spend your dollars. 
spend your dollars, especially in the beginning, in places where you can control the narrative versus a place that treats you like one of 1,000 or one of 10,000 or one of 100,000 in the same market doing the exact same thing where there's no personal touch, where there's no, you know, there's no contradiction in what they say and how they treat advertisers and all that. You really, if you're going to spend a commit to spending money every month, you have to do so much research to make sure that that is right for you. And for a long time, we had zero paid advertising. Zero. I, I, one, one thing that I can say right now it, with full voice is if you had a piece of content that you loved, that you saw was performing well, and you built a social media ad campaign around that piece of content, mm-hmm. you would get better results at a lower spend than you would if you just purchased a month of featured listing on one of those right. resources. Think about that. So if, it, if you're paying an average of say 350 a month for a placement on one of these websites, do you know how many promoted posts or anything like that you could do on a social media platform where you go through the filters and you say, I want to hit people that are this age in this market that make this much per year, et cetera, et cetera. And how targeted is that for your $350 versus just a blanket thing on a huge giant place that's getting all kinds of bad press right now? Take control of your advertising dollars. Don't get sucked in by the names is what I'm saying. Do you want, this is, this is good segue, but I mean, it's it's marketing. So you have to talk about if you took $350 and put it on a resource, just like you said, you're going to get people that visit your page on that resource after they saw the article about the Spotify playlist. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, that's not your target market. Correct. if you're drilling, let's say in MetaSuite and you're mm-hmm. digging in, pulling out your audience, now you've got a couple who has a college degree between the ages of 25 and 34 who likes uh, Birkins and you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. enjoys Jeeps, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, you're creating a profile that rest assured, if that person was shown your ad you have a better probability of that being your target market yep. than Lisa from Lexington who was searching for alternatives to a DJ and just made two additional clicks before they landed on your planning page. 10,000% cannot stress that enough. Um, and then, you know, of course, the whole other thing that we'll do another episode on, which I think we have our next two episodes, is vendor preferred list at venues and how that whole situation mm-hmm. works. So, uh, you know, we can talk about both of those. But I think, you know, that's sort of a good segue into the fact that when you're going to spend any kind of advertising dollars, you have to really understand how they work, what your target, what is your end goal for those dollars? Is it just to come up in 25 searches? Okay, great, you came up in searches, but what's the return on the investment in that? Or is it to get followers? Well, if you have a follower who's like three quarters away around the world and is never ever gonna come into your market, how is that gonna help you, right? So you have to really think about it. So when you're spending those dollars, don't be swayed by the flashy or the known. Think outside the box, especially in the beginning, because you don't know what you have. You don't have a lot to work with and you're, 
you know, you have limited funds. Everybody has limited funds at some point or another. Everybody, that- everybody's funds are limited. Nobody has. If you have, if you have limitless funds, please send then, me a DM and tell me how you yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to know your secret. So I think, you know, while it's unfortunate, these, these sort of once pillars of our industry, and they were at one time, because before social media and before everything was so tech savvy, that, those were your choices. It's, an, it's unfortunate for me to see how far they've fallen how good people were probably, you know, scammed. I don't want to, maybe not, maybe scammed isn't the right word, but who's, who parted with their dollars and got zero return ROI on that and who are now sitting there shaking their heads going, what do I do next? And who's out there giving them viable alternatives? Who's talking about this and who's educating people on this? I don't see many people doing that, which is why we're always ahead. That's why we're always ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, do you agree? Oh, I, I agree completely. And I think it, I think what you're describing, like I got a little sad because there were, there were, there were years where on the face, they were great. You wanted to be around them. You wanted well, to, they used to yeah. blow wedding NBA out of the park with the stuff they did. And remember, Style Me Pretty was the place to be, and then it got bought, and then it wasn't, and then they bought it back, and it's still never been the same. Oh, you want to talk about Couples Choice Awards? People used to die for featured on Style Me Pretty. Uh, yeah. And look they, at what happened when they got bought out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what this is also a great example of, and something that I, we just need to all make a commitment to realize is that you have to evolve. Yep. The world is getting smaller and yep. you cannot romanticize things that worked five, 10 years ago. If it's yep. not working, cut it and go find something that is. Find something that's working and reach out for help if you need it. I mean, there are plenty of people, again, caveat, do your research before you reach to those people for help, because that's a whole different conversation about courses and blah, blah, blah. But Sean and I are always here to help. And we want to help, but also just observe the market for a while. Don't jump straight into something. Take some observations and really see what other people are doing and where you can find, you can see their successes with the reminder that social media is always going to be all the hearts and flowers and rainbows and unicorns and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But at the same time, just observe for a little while. Try little things here and there. Maybe try a targeted ad at a very low budget and see what the response is. And then maybe you want to do it bigger, you know, go have lunch with and tour the new venue and post it all over your Instagram and all of those things. Try different things to find your comfort zone because you, I know you've pushed me out of my comfort zone and we're on TikTok now and we're sporadic with it. But some of our views, some of our videos have had almost 10,000 views and some of them have had 200 views. So we're still figuring it out, but at least we're trying. So, and I'm, Y'all know I'm in my 50s and technology is not my best friend, but I'm, I'm doing it. Like you have to evolve. You have to learn and you can't rely on the big box names anymore. They just, they're just not, it's just not viable anymore. You, you're, you are your own media conglomerate. You do not you need have to be. somebody else yeah. to do it for you today. Like there's no yeah. reason for it. There's absolutely no reason for it. And you want to... If you think about the customer journey, they don't, nobody closes out of their tabs and goes into a brand new app or tab 
just to search like one compartmentalized part of their life that they're doing. I did it the first time yesterday. I went, I searched TikTok for a recipe. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm always there. So I'm like, well, let me go see if there's anybody doing videos on, you know, Big Mac tacos or whatever. Before I would close out of what I was doing, go on Google or go to mm -hmm. Pinterest and look up a recipe. No, everybody's now whole I'm life is in where I'm at. Yeah, and I, as you know, have gotten sucked into Bama Rush and outfits of the day and dorm room transformations in the last couple of weeks because sometimes my brain needs a break at night and I'm scrolling through TikTok for work and then I get sidetracked and I'm like, ooh, look at that cute outfit or holy crap, that sorority girl is doing some crazy whatever they're doing and all of the things. People's, people don't want to go 37 places for things anymore. Nope. So, so in, 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 be where they are. Be where they are, yeah. I think that's a good way to sort of maybe wrap up this episode with planning for social media and vendor lists as our next few episodes. Oh, snap. Y'all stay tuned. Uh, yeah. Jen, this has been a great conversation as always. I'm glad we got to have it together. Me too. It was a good one. You all, if you all have any questions or want to ask us something on the side, follow us on Instagram, shoot us a DM. Um, mm -hmm. Our websites are both linked in the description of this episode, so you can send us an email through there, but we're definitely here to help. If you just want to talk about something that you may not want to put out publicly, we got you. Yep. We're two planners and a podcast on Instagram and then Sean Gray events and Fabulux events as well. We're here to help. Always. Jen, thanks Always. so much. Thanks, Sean. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Great week, Thanks. everybody. Bye-bye.